Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Hey there, and welcome back. We're so glad that you are listening into the Within Her Soul podcast today. Today's episode is all about what a healthy relationship with money looks like and preventing money from being an idol in our life. I know that when the topic of, quote unquote, the idolatry of money is brought up, that it may not sound like a super interesting or exciting topic or anything fun to talk about, but we, Jordan and I both have experienced um, having this like idolatry of money in our lives in the past. And it really is a very sneaky sin to come into your life. And so I think it's really important that we talk about it because you may be actually walking through this and not even realizing it. Because like I said, it is one of those sneaky sins that you kind of just can fall into. And there's such freedom and joy when you get out of that sin and get that sin you know, out of your life. And that's not to say you'll never struggle with it again, because we're all human. But I think it's really important to kind of discuss like some key ways as Christians, that we can keep the healthy relationship with money in a way that it serves God. And it doesn't control us. It doesn't come in between our relationship with the Lord. And it doesn't come before the Lord. Because anything that we are putting before the Lord in our thoughts is idolatry, which is is a sin. And, you know, when we talk about sin, it's not because we're pointing fingers and it's not this like legalistic thing, but like the Lord genuinely has better for you. And when he talks about the different sins in the Bible, it's not just because he just simply doesn't want you to, to participate in that sin, but it's always because he has something better for you. And personally going from, you know, living a life where I was quite obsessed with money for a while and living in that sin to a life where I I do truly feel freedom from that. I'm not saying that I don't ever worry about money and idolize it. I still do sometimes, but getting, you know, on the other side of that sin, there is so much freedom and so much peace that I have in the Lord now. And I want that for you as well. And I know that God wants that for you as well. So We're excited to dive into this today and help you to, or allow you to leave with some practical steps that you can take to make sure that your, you know, your relationship with money is a healthy one. Um, Yeah. And you know, what's crazy. I actually heard a sermon um, on money and it was just like in such a perfect time that I needed it, which is why I think church is so important. I don't think a building is the church, but I do think having a church home is so important because the Lord really can speak to you through sermons and things that you need. And this one particularly, I needed so badly um, in the season I was in. And it was actually on what's called the spirit of mammon. And I had never heard of that before. And something that I didn't know is like all the sins that we go through have spirits attached to them. And there's different like spirit of strife and anger and, you know, um, spirit of Jezebel. And that's like lust and, um, deceit. And, and then there's spirit of mammon, which was tied into money. And so I didn't know this, I didn't realize this, but kind of doing some research on this, 
the spirit of mammon. Mammon means riches in Aramaic. And I think that's how you say it. And riches isn't meaning money, like dollar bills. So really what this is saying is anything that is of value. So the spirit of mammon is basically a spirit that tries to get you to replace God with something else. So that's why it's typically talked about with money, because money is one of the main things that we try and find fulfillment in. If I just had more money, if I could just get that higher salary, if I could just have that house, if I could just have that car, if I could just have that purse, if I could just, I mean, we go so materialistic sometimes. And I think sometimes it's things that we actually might really need. Like I really do need a house, you know, or I really do need a place to live or I really might need a new car. But there's things that I think because it's so the enemy is so deceitful, he'll get you to obsess over it. He'll get you to think that your life is nothing without those things. He'll get you to really start thinking that without money, you have nothing. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're living under that weight. And that was where I was at when I heard this sermon. And thankfully, by the grace of God, that he's helping me through this. But I'm going to go in and kind of tell you all a story of what happened to me with my money situation. And I'm thankful God brought me out of it. But there are moments in our life where we don't even realize we're participating in it. And so I really, I think me and Sid both really just want you to know that this is so normal. But we hope that this episode allows you to kind of be aware of the danger of loving money too much because it is so easy. It's so easy to not even realize that you're in it. So really quickly, I just want to share a story with you guys because this is how I think the Lord really led me out of this sin, but he had to let me go my own way for a little bit. You know, you know how sometimes you're just resisting God so much and he's just like, okay, I'm here and I'm ready for you when you're ready. But like, if you keep going down this road, you're you're not going to be fulfilled, you know? And so sometimes he lets us go there. And that's kind of what happened with me. And I was in network marketing and this is kind of what Sid was talking about too, is like, we really were taught to just always go for that next dollar amount. And it was just the next dollar amount, the next dollar amount. And you never were satisfied with the dollar amount you got. So you hit the dollar amount. Now you need the next dollar amount. And you honestly, these dollar amounts were ridiculously a lot, like more than what you were used to. And so whenever I was going through this, I'll just be transparent. I was making like five to $8,000 a month. And that was crazy money to me. I was like, I've only seen 2000 and less at that time. I didn't even know what it meant to have that kind of money. So then I was trying to strive for ten dollars to $15,000 a month. And then knowing that I could potentially hit $30,000 a month. And that was crazy talk to me. Well, in that moment, my my money started to, or my, my income started to decrease. And I realized that I was going to have to get a job. And while I was in the process of getting this job that was supposed to be paying me really well, I had to walk away from a company that I had been doing for years And y'all, when I say I had a full on panic attack, because I really thought that I was going to lose everything I ever worked for, all the money I had earned. And long story short, I left and the Lord gave me this job that doubled my income. So at the time, I thought that was, well, I think it still was God giving. I think he was giving me something that I was asking for. 
I was asking for 20K months and that's what I got with this job. And so the Lord provided for me in that moment. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've doubled my income. I am making 20, 30K months now with this new job. And I was living it up. I was such a terrible steward though of that money. To say that I have nothing to show for the two years I worked there for the amount of money I was making is really disheartening. And it's honestly something I don't talk about a lot because it's embarrassing. It's something that I really had to walk through. And what happened though, at the end of those two years, I was miserable. I did not have any fulfillment. I was living the most sinful life that I have ever lived, which, and I'm not saying that's because of the money. I'm just saying that was the season I was in. And I just felt this stirring in my spirit of like, I can't work here anymore. But the Lord never set up another job for me. He just kept asking me like, are you going to leave this? Are you going to need, are you going to leave this? Are you going to leave this? And this is when me and Sydney started getting together about doing a ministry. And I was like, well, I'm going to leave this job. I don't know what happened. I ended up calling the boss, left the job. Some of you guys have already heard this story, but I walked away from that salary terrified. I mean, hysterically crying every day, not realizing the spirit that was on me over this thought that money was going to bring fulfillment. And what's so funny is that I have, I have so much more joy now with me living paycheck to paycheck. And the freedom that I have in this job, not realizing that the money never actually brought me joy. It was like Jesus that brought me joy every day. And so I tell you that story because some of you guys might be in a situation where you're like, I could never leave my job. I couldn't. And I'm not saying to do that. You should always go ask the Lord before you do anything. I had confirmation that I was supposed to leave this job. But I just want you to know that the job should not be valued because of the salary attached. Like really ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And if the Lord is calling you to that or calling you to something different, because for me, I was just chasing the dollar sign. The more money, the better job. If they paid me more, I should go. Every, all of my decisions was based on how much are they going to pay me? And I will be honest, I'm still struggling in this sometimes. And I was talking to Sydney before this episode of how there's times where I'm still praying over money and I want more money. And the Lord's like, I just took you out of Egypt. Like I already took you from that bondage already. It made me think of the Israelites, how they're like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, why didn't you just leave me there? And he was like, did you not remember how sad and depressed and unhappy you were there? And so I just wanted to share that story with you because I do think There's so much freedom that can come when you release this idolatry of money where you think money just brings you everything in life. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Oh, that's so true. Every bit of that is so true. And when you were mentioning the like dollar amounts, like you were making 8K and then you wanted to start making 15K and then, oh, the next goal is 30K. I started thinking about how abnormal these numbers actually are. And this isn't like what I'm about to say has nothing really to do with scripture or anything like that. But I just, this is on my heart and I'm going to, I need to talk slowly because there's a lot of pieces that I want to unpack here, but like, and I really mostly feel like I'm talking to like the self-employed business owners, you know, boss babes that are listening to our podcast. But I want you to know that making $30,000 a month, I'm not saying there's there's nothing wrong with it. If you make that much money, that is wonderful. More power to you. Go like bless other people with it. Live a happy life. It is not average to make $30,000 per month. If you are making, you know, even five figures a month, you are making above 
average money. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is because I think social media has gotten really good at making us think that it is average and very typical to make $30,000 a month, $50,000 a month, especially like I'm a fitness coach and I had really gotten into um, online fitness coaching for a while. And when you do online coaching, there's a lot of money to be made because you can take unlimited clients, right? And so I was surrounded by these mentors and stuff that are making 100K a month. And so all of a sudden, I'm finding myself thinking that I'm supposed to be making that and that I should make that just because I can make that, right? Or if I'm not making that, I'm not doing what the Lord asked me to, or I'm not well in what the Lord's asked me. Like you start really tying that amount to your calling and what the Lord's asked you to do, but he's never promised income, you know? Yes. And you start almost shaming yourself for not doing as much as you know you could be doing when in reality, it's like, is that even actually what I want? Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I had to take a step back. And honestly, this is why I really have kind of taken a huge step back from Instagram because it's such a temptation to me in that way. Because when I see all these other highly successful people, I'm happy for them, but it, I start to feel pressure myself Mm -hmm. to make that type of money and to work more and do more when really like, I'm very happy with where my husband and I are at financially, you know, like I don't have to be a millionaire (laughs) to be happy. And that's just me. Like if you want to be a millionaire, God has given you visions for it and dreams for it by all means, like go after it with him. But personally, I just had to take a step back and I had to say, do I actually really care about this to be putting this much time and attention and thought into it? And I was like, no, the only reason I quote unquote care about this is because I think I should care about it. Mm. When really like God has blessed us abundantly. We live a very happy, comfortable life, you know, like, and so anyway, I just want to throw that out there in case you have fallen into that trap that I've fallen into where you feel ashamed for not making more money just because other people are. Yeah. Well, our society, and I I want to come at this lightly because it's not, I really don't believe in the word is saying like those who make tons of money are not of the Lord. You know, like that's not the message. And I know you're not saying that, Sid, but I do think it's hard because you go into society and it's like, you shouldn't live the average life. Why would you want to live average? And I really have a problem with this because the Lord never, ever called his disciples to be rich. And you know what's so interesting? The Lord really gave this to me when I was sharing my story earlier when I was taking my notes the only one that loved money the most of his disciples was Judas. Mm. And I don't know if that was from my own heart or from the Lord, but when you think about this, all of his disciples messed up. They all messed up. Peter denied him three times. You know, there's, I mean, there's these things. Thomas was still doubting and made him, you know, touch his ribs before he would believe that he really died on the cross and came back. So like, there's these things like, that happened with the disciples. They weren't perfect, but the one who really deceived the Lord the most cared more about how much money he was going to get in that exchange. And I do think it, I mean, we have tons of scripture in this episode. um, So you're going to get a lot of scripture today, but I do think it's so important because the Bible talks about money so much. Didn't we do it? I think on our last episode, we talked about this, that money, or maybe I've heard this from a sermon. Money is actually talked about the most in the Bible than any other topic. Like it actually talks about 
money a lot and we just kind of throw it to the side. And it's just like, we go into the world and to society and think, well, everyone else is making every this much. And so should I, or if I'm not going to make this much, then the Lord isn't trying to bless me. And it's like the Lord blessed his disciples with wisdom and knowledge and in love and the spiritual gifts of healing and prophecy. And it's like, we sometimes think dollar amount is a gift from God. And that is a very fine line to walk. I say that hesitantly because I'm not God and I can't say what he's given for somebody, but there's not a lot of scripture that says, and the Lord blessed them with money. I don't know. And Alex, I don't know how to say it, but we see it a lot of like, when we do get blessed with a lot of money, we, we automatically think it was God given, but I also, I, I don't know why I feel I'm like sweating. So I'm like, I don't know if that's the Holy spirit or like not say it, but like the enemy portrays to be light sometimes. And so it's like, we have to be super careful and ask ourselves: is if this is from God, could I give it back to him? You know, like when you receive something from the Lord, if it's a, if it's dollar, if it's a money amount or whatever it is, like, are we so caught up in it that it's like, this is mine. I earned this. Like I deserve this. Or is it, I could give this all up for the Lord. And that's, I think that distinguish, like distinguishing of where you're at in this walk with, with money and your, uh, idolatry to money. So Mm -hmm. I also just want to say, like, I know the Lord does provide through money. I know he gives miracle gifts sometimes where people will just say, here's $20. And that is from the Lord. Like those times that I believe, like, I do think God does give money as gifts whenever it can show his glory. You know, whenever he has a chance to show his glory and mercy on us and his love for us. I do think he can use money to do that. I would just say, I think the caution that I had for my own personal experience is I was chasing money and receiving it. And then, and then telling myself it was from the Lord to make me feel better. And so that is where I think I caused that like warning. Is this money for me? Or is this money that I get to go back and glorify the Lord with? Because for me back then, Every time I hit a dollar amount or any time I got a raise or any time that I worked more hours and I got a new commission come through, I was like, oh, the Lord blessed me. The Lord blessed me. But I realized I was so far from God. I wasn't in my Bible. I was sleeping around. I was so sinful in that season. We're all sinful. But like I was actually entertaining sin at that time and not even feeling bad about it. So it it's kind of weird for me to look back on that season and be like, I was preaching that the Lord was blessing me, but I didn't even have a relationship with God at that time. So that's where it was. That's where that like concern arises in me over money where I'm like, Lord, I think you give us so many perfect gifts, some being money, but most of them being other things as well. Absolutely. Right. This is kind of flipping the script and changing what we're talking about a little bit. But I do just want to like paint this picture for y'all because I feel like I was given this kind of vision and this like picture several years back by a friend who had, you know, two small babies, two little kids, and she ended up like leaving a job and just saying, you know, my husband and I just realized that like we're willing to give up some things to like for me to be able to stay at home and be with the kids. And like, we don't have to have as much money as we had. And anyway, at that moment when she shared with me that this is what she was doing. I was given just like this picture in my mind of like 
the old timey like ladies in like villages that like cook over fires and stuff. And like, they're just like at home with their kids and homeschooling and taking care of their little house. That's literally like one bedroom with the the sink and the toilet and the beds and everything on it. And they were happy, right? I mean, I don't know for a fact that they were happy, but put yourself back mentally in like that time before all these material possessions existed and all the technology and all the nice things and the nice cars and the bigger houses and the fancier and all the decorations and this and this and this. And just remember that like they were happy too. They survived too. You know what I mean? And we so like, we live up to our means. And so I don't really know where I'm even going with this, honestly, but I kind of just like have that picture in my mind of I'm okay. I'm okay. If I literally lived like that, I would be okay because I would still have Jesus. I would have my family and honestly, let way less distractions mm-hmm. from the world and yeah. from my family, you know? If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with a lot. And I think it's the same thing to say, like, if you're content with little, you can be content with a lot, but It's like having that spiritual grounding with the Lord. Like we know there's good people that have tons of money and that's great. Like, I don't think, I really don't believe like if you're rich, you're just not in the kingdom of God. Um, And we'll go into some scripture where it says it's hard. It's harder for those people to get into the kingdom of God because of that temptation around money and that love for it. But I think really all of this to say is just, we hope that when you're listening to this, it's not that we're casting judgment or anything. It's just asking yourself where you're at. Where are you at in this in your own life? And where we can go through some signs that you might realize that you have money as an idol in your life. Because like I said, I did not realize it was until it was a little too late for me, I think. And I was so depressed. I was so, and I, like I said, I had all the money in the world. I had no debt. I was buying vacations for people. I paid for a whole vacation for seven people to Miami. And like, it's like, and we got completely wasted out there. Wasn't of the Lord at all. And I was literally saying he blessed me. Like, that's what I'm trying to make a point of is that not all money is God given or God anointed. Maybe that's the word I should say. Money, everything on this earth is from the Lord, honestly, but it's just really being careful with what we're doing with it and how we feel around it and how we feel when it's not here. So anyways, just kind of to go into signs um, that money may be an idol in your life. We have a few of these. And so you can just kind of ask yourself these questions and, um, or these, think about these statements. And so number one is, All your prayers are about money and finances. And y'all, I just want to make this a disclosure too. This is one of the things that I struggle with most in my life. And I do think it's because of how early on I saw how much money um, I could make. And now not making that has made me think that I am struggling financially. No, I'm not. All my bills are paid. Everything is good. I might not have thousands left over, but there's something in my head and my brain that's saying, wow, this is not what you used to be able to do. Like I used to be able to give the people the $200 gifts for baby showers. Now I can only do 30. It's hard. And I start catching myself starting to pray, Lord, please help me get a raise. Lord, help me have random finances come through. And you know, sometimes he's done it. Truly, like there's times where I'm like, Lord, I know that was from you. And I I'm able to give him glory in that. But there's there's something that had become addicting to me where I was like, if I don't get this money situation fixed, I will be miserable forever. And I started 
praying and every prayer I had was, Lord, help me with my finances, help me with my finances, help me with my finances, realizing that he had already helped me. All my bills were paid, you know? So it was just, and I, and I was tithing, you know? So it's like, I should have, I don't know why I didn't have that trust. I was just still asking for more, even when he was taking care of me. And then another sign that money may be an idol in your life is you lay in bed thinking about it at night. Does it keep you up at night? Is it constantly on your mind? Are you thinking about it every time you have a break? Mm. You know, there's just another simple sign. Mm. Gosh, yeah, I I still do that sometimes. Um, number three is you're tight fisted with your money when it comes to giving. So me and Sydney were actually talking about this and like trying to figure out what the visual was for this, but it, this means like you don't share your money at all. Your money is your money. You worked hard for it. You're not going to give it to anyone. And if you're and sometimes you're scared to give it because you think you won't get it back. So it's almost like you're hoarding your money because if you give it away, you think that one, it will never come back or you'll never get any more and, or you just feel like no one else deserves it because you worked for it. So it's just a little bit of pride around it. Ooh, yeah. Wow. And this came to me earlier and I didn't say it, but let's also remember that even if you worked to earn your money. God is still the one that gave you your abilities to do the work. He's the one that gave you your talents. He's the one that gave you, gave you your gifts. He is the one who gave you the ability to communicate well with your customers or whatever your job requires. So we have to be reminded of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know I have to be reminded of that (laughs) for sure. And then another sign that I want to say, and you know, this is the last one we'll share. There's definitely more than these. But just a few that really stood out to us is you feel jealous when you see someone else win when it comes to money. When you see your best friend or a an acquaintance on social media get that promotion, get that pay raise, start thriving in their business, start doing really well, and you feel envious inside, that could be a sign that you are idolizing money. And that's the moment that, and I'm, y'all, I'm guilty of this, like that I have to examine my heart and say like, Search my heart and know me, God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I I pray that prayer a lot whenever I just don't, when I feel icky inside and let him talk you through it. Let him teach you through it. That's good. That's so good. Like I said, I've said this a few times, but I really want you guys to know, I do think like this is something that comes and goes, you know, like Sid said, sometimes you just have to check yourself sometimes because I do, I keep having this thought of people who are like listening and they might be like, well, goodness, I'm making half a million dollars a year. And like, am I, is that bad? And I just want to like speak on this, that you, it is not bad. Like the money is not bad. And that Sid just said, the Lord gives you that income. The Lord gives you the skills to be able to talk with those clients or be able to do those appointments or go operate on those people or whatever it is, you know, or go stand and be the advocate for people in court. Like those people who make tons of money, like you have God given skills and abilities that the Lord has given you. I think my big thing I just want to bring forth is just, do you love God more than those things? Truly at the end of the day, could you say, Lord, I still choose you above my job. I still choose you over my salary. I still choose you over my possessions because really that is biblical. That is the biblical aspect of can not that you have to go sell everything and leave it all behind and go live in a tent and whatever. But I just think there is so much more to life than stressing about how much money you make. And that is the point of all of this is that the true joy 
that you receive in this world is from the Lord and the Lord only. Like money is not going to do that. Possessions aren't going to do that. And if you catch yourself crying and worrying and frustrated because you don't have these worldly things, I think that's how that's a sign for you of like, okay, how can I get reconnected to the joy of the Lord over these things? So that's, I think our, our main heart of what we're trying to, to get across with this episode. Right. But yeah, exactly. So first Timothy 610 literally says for the love of money is the root of all evil, Mm -hmm. which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. A lot of people misquote that scripture. Oh, well, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it says the love of money. You can do a lot of good with money, right? Think about all the ministries and organizations and charities all across the world that are literally saving lives and helping people, you know, bringing people to Jesus. That requires money. Your church requires money to to work, <laughs> to yeah. be a church. And we're actually going to speak on tithing next week and the importance of that and tithing to your church because of this, right? So definitely tune into next week's episode. But, you know, it is the love of money. And guess what? If the good people don't have the money, guess who has it? The bad people, right? The people who yeah. aren't going to do good with it. However, as Christians, we must create boundaries that keep money from being our main focus, that keep money from being on a pedestal above God, our husbands and our children, and that help us keep a healthy relationship with money. So it doesn't, it doesn't control us. It doesn't hurt our, our mental wellness, our emotional well-being. Literally, I can go into the next part now, right? Yeah. So you just talked about boundaries. So you could kind of go through that. Yeah. So let's talk about a few ways really quick that we can ensure that we have that healthy relationship with money and that we're not idolizing it. And we just have three points to make here. So the first one is you have a work-life balance. When you walk away from your income producing activities, your mind is free and you're not obsessing over it. You're not constantly thinking about it or thinking about the lack of money that you're not making right now while you're not working. We do have an episode that we made sometime last year on hustle culture And we go a lot more into depth in this. If you are someone who kind of has those tendencies, definitely go listen to that episode. I think you'll find some good nuggets in there. But yeah, that, you know, having that work, work life balance would be a sign of a healthy relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Number two is your identity isn't tied to your salary. So this also kind of means like just because you have a half a million dollar home or a million dollar home or three cars or all the things, those things aren't tied to your self-worth. So to have that healthy relationship, these things are fine. If you love this one car and it's been your dream to have it and you've saved and you've, you're getting it, you can be proud of that. That's amazing. Um, but your your identity isn't tied into it. You're not making sure you get it so that other people look at you and wish they were you. You know, there's not that. I know I'm trying to think what the word is like whenever you try to show off and like try to like portray is like what I'm trying to say. It's like, you're not trying to portray to be something or someone that isn't superior to other people. Because at the end of the day, the Lord is our savior. He is the ultimate superior one in our lives. And so, like I said, these things are good things. It's just when you tie your identity to it or you judge others for their lack of, or you feel like you're in a circle that's like, they're not, they're not one of us because of the way maybe money is looking on their end versus your end. And honestly, I don't know. It's so hard. It's like, we went through that. I mean, you would have people who wouldn't really talk to you because you weren't making the right 
amount of money they were, you know? So like we see that in cultural already. And so it's just like, that's so, that's so not of the Lord. There should have been no divisions with dollar amount. And I think that is why the Lord came to begin with was to break all these societal norms of like, it doesn't matter if you're a Pharisee or you're not like, it doesn't matter if you're the Roman royalty or not. Like I have come to die for everyone. I have come so that all of you may love each other. So anyways, totally yeah. different topic, but it is, if you start seeing yourself judging others because of money, like, you know, you're not in the right place. I think almost everyone could probably have had a moment where you look at someone that has less than you and say, well, you could just try harder or like yes. you could just do more. And it's like, it does. That is that little spirit of mammon of like, okay, well, you're better. That righteousness, like it's like you, you are taking too much pride in one of the things that you have and not the gift of salvation and mercy that the Lord has given you. So it is, it's so sneaky. They talk about this spirit being so sneaky because like I said, and like Sid said, the money is a gift from God, but everything that the Lord gives us can be manipulated for self and for self-righteousness. So it's just a hard, it's like a very thin, I just think of a very thin wooden plank. And it's like that plank can lead you to the, to righteousness, but you take one misstep and you're, you're off. And so it's just like making sure your eyes are on Jesus during those seasons where you are being blessed financially and you are, you know, which we'll go into a little bit of that too. But anyways, we can go to point three. (laughs) Yeah. And then the third point we have is you're a cheerful giver. That is a great sign of a healthy relationship with money. The word literally tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians nine, six and seven literally tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. It says the point, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So we are giving to people out of the goodness of our heart because it makes us happy. We want to help other people. Mm, That's good. Yeah. I definitely feel like your tithe is so important when it comes to your 10%, which is why we feel like we need to do a whole episode on this. I was raised as a tither, but I realized that that's actually not a quote unquote normal thing, even for a typical Christian. And I, it kind of shocked me. So I'm so glad we're going to go into tithing because I, I didn't realize how many people didn't even know that was a thing in Christianity. So I'm super excited to go into that. Okay. So I know we've given a lot of scripture, but I do, we do have, it looks like one, two, three, that's why I was counting three, four more scriptures for you guys that tie into this. And so our first soul scripture is Luke 18, 24 through 27. And this is actually dialogue. Uh, between Jesus and another man, but it said, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to eat, enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And I think really, this is just such a good reminder that those who love money and I and really do have that they see money as an idol, their eyes are so fixed on the wrong thing that they lose that relationship with the Lord. And so it's just, and really this can go with anything. This can go with anything in your life that you're putting before God. He says it's easier 
for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is impossible, right? And he's, Jesus doesn't ever lie. Like he is, he's being, he's making an analogy here, but it's just to show you the severity of for the rich, it can be harder for them to enter to the kingdom of God because of the love and worship they give their possessions over Jesus and God himself. And so, yeah, that one has always stuck with me, that scripture. Yep. And then the next one is super short. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. So I'm just reminded through this that like, if my treasure is my money or my husband's paycheck and focusing on how much he's making or how much I'm making or buying that next car, like that is my treasure. That is the thing that I'm thinking the most about. That's where my heart's going to be. So my heart is going to fall into sins pertaining to that. It's going to fall into that idolatry. That's going to become my world. You know what I mean? And so our treasure has to be in heaven. Our treasure has to be in the kingdom of God and on things that are eternal. Yeah. And then our last one, and I have a little story with this one too, but um, is Mark 10, 21. And he's, and this is Jesus. And he says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, then come and follow me. And side note, this scripture, he's speaking specifically to one person. He's not telling every believer, go sell everything you have. You must have no possessions. But the backstory to this is it's a rich young ruler who came to Jesus because he wanted to know how to have eternal life. And Jesus knew the man's fundamental problem was that money had mastered his heart. So that is why Jesus said this to him. So Jesus is basically saying, it's better for you to sell every possession you have and be in my presence than to have every worldly possession and be without me. And that is the hard question to ask today is, am I that way? Could I let go of my house? Could I let go of my my fancy car? Could I let go of my six-figure salary? Could I let go of my favorite name brand, insert favorite item here? Like the Lord is saying it is better to sell all of that, to be even in my presence and to follow me than to keep those things and be apart from me. So little side note too, and I always share this. I I was serving at our uh, local food bank with my church And there was this man and me and him got like really hit it off is this old man. And he cut down boxes for four hours. Okay. He sat on a plastic bin for four hours, like the bin that you would put like a bucket of like eggs in. I don't know how to explain like the wicker basket. He sat on that basket outside and cut down boxes. His hands were bleeding. I mean, like it was kind of cold. It was kind of windy. And so like his hands were so dry from breaking up the boxes, his hands were like cut and bleeding a little bit. And we're serving the homeless and serving people who needed food for their family. So not just the homeless, but he was sitting there and I was just talking with him and he was just like, you're, you know, you're doing great. You're such an encourager. And he goes, you know, I'm homeless. And I go, really? I, I didn't know that. I was like, that's amazing that you're here serving other people. Like what a, what a great thing to get to do. And he goes, Oh, he goes, this is the highlight of my week to get to be here serving the Lord. He didn't even go to our church. He's not even a part of our church, but he knew we were doing this food bank. So he he told me where he lived, like under this area over here, like by the church. And he's like, I just come over and help. And it was the most humbling moment for me because I am going back and getting into my car, going into my home, getting to plan my future wedding and getting to dream all these things. And I was just like, this man's highlight of his week is coming to serve other people because 
he used to have less than them or like he was them when he had less, you know? So I just share that like our possessions truly mean nothing if we're not getting to spend time with people and bringing them to Jesus. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our jobs and our money that it completely takes away what we were actually called to do in the first place, which is share the gospel. Felt led to share that with you guys, but. Oh my word. That's amazing. Yeah. We just have no idea. <laughs> a lot of us, we just and he was just so happy. I like you realize you have some judgment in your heart sometimes where you just think everyone that's there serving is there to just like be a good Samaritan. You know what I mean? Like they just want to help people. But then you hear stories and you're like, oh, he doesn't even have a home. Like those are the only clothes on his back and he's serving other people. And it's like, it is, it's a humbling moment where you're like, that's, that's the kind of love God favors, not my righteous, like I served the food bank this week. That, Check mark, you know what I mean? And like, I needed that. I think the Lord really made sure I worked with him so that every time I go to the food bank and serve, it's not because I'm a self, like I'm not righteous, you know, for doing that. It's not about me. It's like, it, it just, yeah. I just felt like I wanted to share that with you guys because that story really hit me. And it really has helped me realize that the things that I have here mean nothing without getting to share the love of Jesus with people. We're going to go into our soul assignment. And we do, I feel like all this episode has had tons of lists. lists. We've had tons of insight. It's going to be a long episode. But before we go into our soul assignment, I want to ask these few questions because if this is you, we do have practical ways that you can stop idolizing money. And we hope that this leaves you with encouragement. And there's many more ways, but here are just a few. But what I want to ask is just what is your relationship with money right now? Could you say that you're doing really well and you feel like everything is always given back to the Lord and you're just feeling blessed for what you have? Or do you feel like you're on the opposite end of where you're like, I feel like I'm always constantly wanting more and fighting for more and not happy or content with what I have. I'm I'm constantly needing that higher income or that extra item or that other possession that someone else has that I don't have. Like, do you catch yourself just wanting more and more and more? And ask yourself, would you be okay with letting it all go? Could you be okay with releasing those things? And based off your answers, if you feel like you're on the other side of like, yeah, I'm not doing too well in this area. Welcome to my club because this is where I sit sometimes. And so we're going to go over some practical ways that will help you. So your soul assignment. And if you're new to our podcast, every week we like to give you a soul assignment, which is just a practical way that you can put into practice what we have just talked about and what we just learned together. And so today slash this coming week, some practical ways that we want to help you to stop idolizing money is to number one, we've got three different points. Number one, intentionally seek God's face instead of just his hand. Mm. Every time I hear this little saying, I get so convicted because I so often find myself praying and praying and praying, just seeking his hand, AKA his help in a situation, mm-hmm. AKA God, help us make more money, help mm-hmm. us with this job, help bring me more, more clients, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. seeking his hand rather than seeking his face, wanting to look upon his face and have a relationship with him, cherishing the things of God, cherishing his word, loving and adoring him for who he is and what he did for us on the cross. Mm, that's so good. By the way, I'm going to do two and then you can do three and next week and then I'll pray out. Number two is leave yourself notes as a reminder that the Lord provides every need, not every want, but every need. 
and find scriptures and and really try and memorize those. Like I love one of my favorite things about being friends with Cindy is that she memorizes scripture and just speaks them out. And I'm like, and she doesn't, she doesn't need to know what verse it was, but it's in her heart somewhere and she just speaks them out. I love it. So like those things I think is so important and start writing them on sticky notes. I'm such a sticky note person. I'm like, keep the Lord even the Lord's word in front of you at all times. Like I sleep with the Bible in my bed. (laughs) I'm like, I just take that thing with me everywhere. And I'm just like, okay, what can I get from this today? You know? And so get the word out, find scriptures on money, find scriptures on him providing for you being the ultimate provider. I wrote on my calendar. I'm showing Sydney because I just so that there's reference, but I literally wrote on here, the Lord provides for my every need and wrote it down and underlined it because I started catching myself getting in that place where I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay this bill? It, my my bank account is showing I'm going to only have this much. How is this going to happen? And I was like, you know what? I can't get there. So write notes down, remind yourself of God's promises for you and truly trust in the Lord, like truly trust in him. Not not that like half it, one foot in, half like one foot out, really trust in the Lord and just put his word around you. And it will bring that supernatural peace And the enemy has to flee in his name. So pray about it. Pray out loud to free you from the love of money. Yep. And then lastly, we just want to say, get yourself in the habit. Ask God to help you get in the habit of casting your cares upon him. Right? Scripture tells us that we cast all of our cares. I think it's like first Peter something. We cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you have that seed of worry about finances or you feel yourself start obsessing over it. Nope. Lord, I cast this care upon you for you care for me. I give it over to you. It's yours. I thank you, God, that you're going to take care of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Every time. And it's not going to be a one and done thing, right? right? Because the enemy, who is the father of lies and worry, is persistent. And But we just ignore him and we just say, nope. Not today, brain. We're not gonna. We're not gonna believe that. We're yeah. not gonna worry about that today. I cast this care onto you, God. I thank you for taking care of it. So yeah, we hope this episode was helpful for you guys. Next week we are talking about tithing, just to kind of go into that. Like I said, I shared a little bit about that, but a lot of people don't understand tithing or what what that even means and what they're supposed to do and what God says about it. So we're gonna deep dive into that. But we really hope that you hear our hearts on this message and know that money is not bad but the love of money can be destructive in your life. And we hope that the Lord is just initiating something with you. If that is you so that, cause he loves you and he wants you to, to live as close as righteousness to because of his righteousness. Like he wants you to live righteously. Um, but not because of your gain, not because of what you do, not because of what you earn, but because of God's glory and mercy in our life and what he's done for us and given up for us. And so Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out and then hopefully you guys turn tune in next week. Dear Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you first for dying on the cross for us. And just, we just put you as highest authority in our life. And we just love you for all that you do for us. Even the things that we don't even realize that you do for us. Um, And just for loving us and calling us your friend. I just pray over the listener that is you know, first I want to pray for the listener that maybe they do make a lot of money and they realize that they, they had put it in their own hands, that they realized they, they took responsibility for it as if they only did it all by themselves. And so I just pray over them, Lord, that you meet them and that you, that they realize that you still love them so much and that that is still a blessing from you and that they can be good stewards of that money and that they can give 
you know, a portion back of that to you in your honor and bless you with that. And we are thankful that you are, you are a God that does bless us with money and, and to provide for our needs, but also just pray for the woman that maybe doesn't feel like she's receiving that blessing and she's feeling like she's stressed out. She can't pay her bills. She doesn't know where this, you know, um, money is going to come from, or she feels like she should be paid more or whatever it is. God, just meet these listeners where they're at and just show them what truly means more to you. What's on your heart, what allows you to be pleased with us. And I just lift any um, financial need up to anyone, uh, up to you for anyone who is struggling, God, and that they're able to see peace or they're able to see a supernatural, supernatural thing that can happen in their lives when they seek you to be the provider rather than themselves. And I just pray over anyone who does have the spirit of mammon in their heart that they feel like every possession is something that they need and want, or that dollar amount would just make them happy. I just pray that they find the true joy, joy in you and realize that there's no fulfillment that comes from anything else or any anyone else in this world other than from you. So we just lift all these things up to you. We know you're a good God and you hear our prayers and we just love you. We appreciate you. And in your name, amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us, we want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.